Howdy. Howdy. Y'all having a good day? <laughs> Hasn't this been awesome? Well, it's truly an honor to have uh, two amazing patriots that I get to interview, uh, Congressman Randy Weber and Congressman Michael McLeod. Give it up for them. Two guys that they don't just, it's not a just, the name conservative doesn't just mean something vague, but it's very specific. It's you paint in bold colors, not pale pastels. They're the real deal. So I want to hear a little bit about your backgrounds, your bios. Tell us about how uh, you got started and where you are now. Well, thank you, Christian. I uh, appreciate that. What a great intro. Appreciate that good intro. And did y'all enjoy Don Huffines a while ago? Tell you what, I could sit and listen to the senator all day, and, and like a lot of you, I thought we was going to have to. I'm just, no, no, that, that's a joke, y'all. Some of y'all will get that later. Actually, Christian, thank you for the invite, by the way. I call myself a Christian conservative Republican, and in, and in that order, by the way. You bet. Grown up on the Gulf Coast of Texas, down by Galveston, lived in a 20-mile radius, 68 years. I'm married to the cutest gal this side of the Atlantic. We've been, November 6th, we'll be married 45 years. Well, give, uh, she, she's not here, she's doing some other stuff in the district. Give Brenda Gill a hand because she proves that love really is patient and long-suffering, you know? <laughs> Uh, owned an air conditioning company uh, for 35 years, small business guy, became a Republican precinct chair uh, when Ronald Reagan ran for re-election. Got some precinct chairs here. When Ronald Reagan ran for re-election in 84, I've been at it a long time. I don't just say I'm Republican. I have uh, shoe leather, or should I say boot leather, to my gospel. And it is a great treat to be here. Thank you all all for being here. This gives me hope. I have three kids and eight grandkids. I'm glad you all heard. Thank Let's give Christian a hand for organizing this, can we? You bet. You bet. So I, with that, I'll, I'll uh, yield to my good friend, Mike Cloud. Hey. <laughs> so funny story I heard about Congressman Cloud, uh, and he did this to me when I first met him, too. I met him at uh, a Trump rally, and uh, I was in a room, and I said, hi, I'm Christian Collins. Nice to meet you. He just said, hi, I'm Michael. Well, what do you do, Michael? Well, I'm a congressman. I'm like, you could have led with that. <laughs> he did that to someone else here. It's like, oh, I'm just Michael. You know, and he's just so um, humble, and you can tell that it, that is a part of his Christian character. So really appreciate that about you. <laughs> oh, thanks. You, you've done a great job here. It's exciting to be a part. Uh, I, I can tell you, I was a born and bred church kid uh, who did not imagine when I was a kid growing up that this is what I'd be doing as a career. Um, just three years ago, I was sworn into to Congress, of course, and I had my hand, and we had the Bible open to the scripture that says, righteousness exalts a nation. And it's funny, while we were doing that, somebody made the comment, they said, we've never seen anybody get sworn in with the Bible open before. And I replied, that's funny, I think they work better that way. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but I went to Oral Roberts University. I moved to Texas straight out of college as soon as I could to work at a church. I was a media director. I spent most of my time in a dark room somewhere <laughs> away from the world. Um, and uh, I went to vote one day and somebody said, you should go to a precinct convention. I was like, "What? Uh, okay, do you want to go? I'm like, sure, I don't know what that is, but sounds great. 
Uh, I was not raised in a political family. I don't remember a political sign being our, in, our, in our yard. My parents were good citizens. They tried to vote. They loved America, all that kind of stuff. But um, I just went to participate one day. I went to my first state convention, came back, uh, and, and we got involved just in the grassroots of getting people involved, getting people to vote, doing that kind of thing. Um, and so I became a county chair. Uh, and we're executing elections, and I'm still working at the church. My, my wife is here, actually. She's over there. A, a little aside here, but, and some parents may kill me for this, but we met when she was 15 and I was 17. She's from, she's from Mexico, uh, and uh, we met over three days and had a long-distance relationship for seven years. And, of course, if my daughter, who's now 12, came to me three years from now and said she found the one, I'd be like, you're grounded till you're 35. <laughs> Uh, but uh, th that's what God had for us. And uh, so I'm at the church, but I came to a point uh, where my volunteer political work was interfering with my job. I was volunteering 20 hours a week and, and the demands of working at a church. I thought Louis was funny yesterday when he mentioned like, ministry is great prep for politics. You'd be surprised. Um, but uh, it came to a point where I, I had to choose um, and nobody was putting that demand on me, but I, get, I just couldn't do good at both. And so, of course, what you do is lay down the volunteer job, right? But we prayed about it, and we felt a very clear no, and I did not know why. And so I remember going to my pastor, and he was really good with us, helped us uh, have a transition. But I was, you know, help me process this. Uh, and so ended up starting a small business, eventually continued to do the political volunteer work, uh, was asked to run for Congress and thought, that's crazy. That's for other people. Uh, but we began to pray about it, and there's a whole series of steps we went through. But finally, I remember my wife saying, oddly enough, I have a piece about it. That's how, <laughs> that's how it came about. It wasn't like, yeah, this will be fun. Uh, she's at home with three kids alone while I'm flying all over the place and uh, doing great work. Uh, she's doing great work is what I'm saying. But um, uh, we, the other thing that happened was two other things. I had told the story thousands of times of Benjamin Franklin coming out of the Constitutional Convention and being asked, do we have a republic or a monarchy? He said, we have a republic if you can keep it. Um, and so now that story was kind of coming back to me, like, so what's she going to do about it now, right? Uh, and then we were taken to Scripture in Joshua 1, where you get through a few verses in, in Joshua 1, and God tells Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous. And then a few verses later, he says, be strong and courageous. And then you get to verse 9 and 10, and he says, haven't I commanded you to be strong and courageous? And I believe that we're in a season in our nation right where now where God is saying, if you want to save your nation, this isn't a suggestion anymore. This is a command. I need people who are going to be willing to be strong and courageous wherever you are, in your schools, in your workplace, be strong and courageous. And so... Um, that's kind of what prompted us to get involved in this, and it's been uh, an amazing journey. It, I would have never imagined the season we're in in our country when we got started, but, but that's kind of how we got going. Well, thank you for that, Michael. I want to follow up with that, too, so let me get my political incorrectness out of the way. I love Jesus Christ, okay? And I've, I've, never, I've never been shy about that, and let me just tell you, uh, on July 2nd, 1973, at 5.30 in the afternoon, he saved me out of a life of drugs. Jesus is in the life-changing business. Can I get an amen? Okay. And if you haven't experienced his forgiveness and you want to go to heaven and he wants us all to do that, he's not willing that any should perish, 
then please find out what that means because Jesus is awesome. I've never been ashamed of him. What does he say in the scripture? What does he say of him who's ashamed of him? He will be ashamed of me before his father who is in heaven. He paid way too high a price for Randy Weber for me to ever be ashamed of him. To God be the glory. You bet. So working in Congress, tell us some of the, 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 the difficult aspects and dynamics of being in Congress and maybe working with some of your Republican colleagues and working with the Democrats, the pool of maybe uh, leadership trying to get you to do something that maybe you don't want to do, or maybe it's lobbyists getting you trying to, to do something that you don't want to do, and, and, and what it means to represent your districts with integrity. You want me to go first? You want to go first? Well, let me say this. Um, to represent our districts with integrity. First of all, Judeo-Christian values. This country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. When the righteous rule a nation, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Some of y'all know that scripture. We need to stay in the scripture daily. I catch a lot of flack by being vocal about my Christian faith, I don't mind telling you. I went to a prayer group in the rotunda. By the way, how many of y'all have been to your United States Capitol? How many of y'all been up to that? That's a significant amount. It is your capital. We work for y'all. Please come to your capital in the rotunda. It's a historic place, very historic. But I went to a prayer group there my second term, and I was almost the last one to pray, and I begged for God's forgiveness. You can find the video, and I said, God, forgive us. We, have, we are killing unborn. We're calling it a choice. Please, dear Lord, forgive us. We have trampled on the holy sanctimony of marriage. Please, we've called it an alternate lifestyle. We have trampled on, you know, the, the buyer, uh, the borrower is slave to the lender, the proverb says. We have borrowed money this unbelievably, and we have just trampled on your word, God. Please forgive us. Let me tell you. That video went viral and people came. I was just sharing my heart. People came, the left came after me. My opponents the next election played that video over and over again, all because I want this country to be like God designed it to be. You bet, you bet. Owned an air conditioning company 35 years. As I said, married to the sweetest gal this side of the Atlantic. She was a fourth grade school teacher for 27 years. So we're family people. We're working folks just like y'all. Every time I vote, I think of families. I think of God's principles. I think of how this country ought to be. You know the, you know the scriptures. One of the more favorably, the famous quote of 7 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 714 to pray, get God to heal our land. Do we ever need that? I share that when I go talk to people. I've been in this church, Kristen, you remember, was it three years ago? And I said, you know what, if I had my way, we'd put the Bible back in school, you know? We'd, we'd, put, we'd put the Ten Commandments up on the back wall, right? We'd put prayer back in school, the Pledge of Allegiance. We wonder why kids are taking guns and shooting people and killing teachers and stuff because we're not teaching them about God and about righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to anybody. And so every time I vote, that's my background. Most everybody here can't 
I'm sure cannot vote for me because I'm down on the Gulf Coast between Galveston and Houston, Friendswood, Texas, those counties. Y'all can't vote for me, but trust me, I vote for you every day. You bet. I think the biggest thing for me is just uh, the constantly remembering why, why you're there and, and why you were sent there. Uh, Kaylee talked yesterday about uh, for such a time as this, you know, and uh, for me, this is, I didn't plan this. I didn't ask for this. My identity is not wrapped up in this temporary role. They say there's nothing more X than an ex-congressman. And I know, I don't know how long that's gonna be, but eventually I'll be there. <laughs> and uh, uh, what I want to do is be faithful for the time that I have with what God's put in my hands. Um, and, I, and, and if I could say this to you, just as young people, the big key is to be faithful with what God's put in your hands to do. Um, I, I spent many years, like I said, uh, working at a church and my job was to be in an edit suite somewhere where I got no attention. I was in a dark room. No one saw me. <laughs> they would see my work on a screen, but you know, and, uh, and you know, there was little actions before that. And I'm not saying being perfect. One of my favorite scriptures is in Proverbs. It says a righteous person falls seven times, but they get up. The righteousness is in the getting up and continuing to press on. And so you're going to make mistakes. Uh, you're going to, you know, look at yourselves and sometimes in the mirror and be, man, I have so much growing up to do, but continue to be faithful with what God's put in you. And, uh, and, and, you know, I heard two people saying the challenges of standing up in a culture like today in schools. Um, just keep your eyes on the prize. And I can tell you, yes, elections are important, but I'm so much more concerned about when I stand before God one day and what he's going to say than any other, uh, what anyone else has to say. So being in the position that you're in, I'm sure you've, you pride yourself on being good fathers and good husbands and being good, um, maybe if you have grandkids or how, how do you keep the balance in life and keep the first things first, maybe uh, God, family, and then your career? And how do you not wrap yourself up around that identity of being a, a congressman? Because if you're a man, sometimes it's, you, you, you find purpose and value in your work, just like if you're a woman. I just do what my wife tells me. <laughs> That's, that's a zinger. <laughs> Easy answer. I, I, I was uh, touring my district and I came across a t-shirt the other day. I texted to my wife. She said I should buy a few, few of them and wear them every day. But uh, the t-shirt said, I don't always listen to my wife, but it usually it goes better when I do. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, there's no doubt uh, having somebody standing by you in, in this really helps who's aligned with the vision and it's it's not my mission it's our family's mission before i ran we sat down with our kids and talked for hours about what it would mean about what the cost would be you know there'd be some neat moments but there would be some cost as well and, and those kind of things but really having kind of a mission oriented attitude about it it's, it's interesting a lot of times in society they try to separate the faith world from the political world it's almost as if they haven't read the book because the Bible is an extremely political book. Uh, and I mean, we can go 30, 40 minutes on that, but I won't. Uh, but it, it talks about, and I know, you know, I've read through the Bible a couple of times and you read Leviticus and it seems like really dry, but I can tell you it's a whole new light when you're a legislature and you're reading through, oh, they're trying to form a country. They're trying to put uh, things in principles and, and, and processes in place that would help society grow and flourish and, you know, all these different kind of things. Uh, chalked full of scripture. Uh, and, and so we've got to let that kind of invade every part of what we do.
do. And it's interesting when Christ came to earth and he gave his keynote address, uh, he talked a lot about the kingdom. And so wherever, again, wherever you're at, work to build that, that kingdom and, uh, and try to be faithful to that. And part of that has to do with your family. I, 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 I've just made a commitment when I got started that, you know, I'm going to be married and my kids are going to love me at the end of this. And, and, um, <laughs> and we're going to make sure that happens and set aside the time to, to make that done. And some, I mean, it just means saying no and not having FOMO, you know, uh, just, just get focused on what God's called you to do. And, and, Cut away the extraneous. Paul said, "These this one thing I do is pressing toward." You know, you got to set aside the things that hold you back. Yeah, that's good, are good things. Even that's a good word, Michael. It's exactly right. You learn to say no. Now, my beautiful bride, she's my best, not so secret asset. Uh, if you if you see her, because I'm up here, she's down in the district working too, and so I love it when I get. Uh, invites to speak to churches because in case y'all can't tell, I'm not bashful about my Christian faith. And I love that. And Brenda Gale is down everywhere and they get to see her at Chambers of Commerce. They get to see her all around the place. We don't have young kids. We have, of course, grandkids. We have eight grandkids. Uh, and I'll show you, you would y'all like to see some pictures of my grandkids? I, and, and so I think it is a balance. Michael's exactly right. You keep your eye on the prize. You know who we serve. Are we going to stumble? We are going to stumble. But that, he's exactly right. Get up every time. And sometimes we just tell people no. And sometimes it's a wrestle. And sometimes they understand. Sometimes they don't. But again, we prioritize. It's all about him and the life, the love that, of my life that he's given our kids and grandkids and the great country he's put us in charge of. And so you learn to make that balance. That's good. That's good. So... I asked you both a little bit, um, uh, you know, about your personal lives, but how did you meet your wives and what can you tell young people about pursuing a life partner and soulmate? And uh, he's probably going to have to expound on that a little bit, uh, Congressman Cloud, but maybe, Randy, maybe you can, uh, exp you know, share a little bit. Okay. Boy, he asked the right question. So I'm at Alvin Junior College. And I'm in this uh, cafeteria and I'm playing spades with my buddies and I see this gal walk in. And I told my friends, I said, look at those, with her best friend Martha, and I said, look at those two girls over there. And, and so she sat down and ate, got up to leave in about 20 minutes. I went, hey, hey, hey. I, I was bashful, you know. <laughs> she came on the table and she said, yeah. I said, what is your name? She said, Brenda Smith. I said, come on, what is your real name? She said, Brenda Smith. I said, well, Brenda, how about a date Friday night? <laughs> I, I mean, it took me all of 20 minutes, right? Right? So we went out Friday night, and she said, that's, that's the corniest joke-telling guy I've ever been out with. I'm never going out with him again. That's what she told her best friend, Martha. The only problem was I knew that was her attitude. Are you listening, Roselle? <laughs> you can tell Brenda this. I knew that's her attitude. And she told Martha, when he calls me back for a second date, I'm going to turn him down flat. <laughs> you know, problem was, I didn't call her that next week. She told Martha, the nerve, that guy didn't call me. <laughs> who, who does he think he is? One week turns to two weeks. She said, I couldn't, I can't believe he's not calling me. What's wrong with that guy? It goes to three weeks. So you know what happened? She called me. <laughs> We've been together ever since. 
Well played. I, well played. I told that to my 12-year-old son, Keith. He goes, Daddy, you were sneaky. <laughs> That's how we met. Yeah, so I think the message there is don't come on too strong, guys. Just play it cool. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Congressman, do you want to expound a little bit? Uh, I'm just thankful I have the mic today. Um, <laughs> One day you'll have to hear the story, uh, the other side, I guess. But, uh, you know, I was, I was church involved in my youth group. Uh, we, we heard that there's this mission group going to be coming from Mexico. They were touring through the U.S. My wife is from Monterrey, Mexico. Uh, she's, she's a, a legal, she's a citizen now. Is that her citizenship ceremony? And that's a whole different story. We can talk about immigration, but, um, uh, now, whenever we're in Corpus Christi and we pass the federal courthouse and, and you know, I'm like, that's where mom became a citizen. Uh, now it's, they're like, yeah, we know dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, again, she was 15. I was 17. Her church was on a tour. They stopped at our church for three days. Uh, she chased me around like crazy. I can't get, no. <laughs> um, Okay. <laughs> just, just know that he does have a couch ready. Just know. No. Um, this is embarrassing, but there's actually a video of right before we met. This is probably about 20 minutes before we met, and it's this wide shot of somebody else that was in the, the missions group from their church. Like, it's a wide shot of the whole gym where they were, like, taking their luggage out of the bus and putting it in there. But I'm in the back on sitting on the gym, and uh, and if you look real carefully, I'm you can see me in the back, and, like, she's walking across the gym, and I'm just, like, beelining <laughs> across <laughs> About 15 minutes later, I, I was in the youth group, so I went and I introduced myself to some young man uh, in, in the group. Hi, I'm, I'm Michael. And he's like, oh, I, I'm Rubahen. And uh, he's like, hey, let me introduce you to my family. Went around, mom, sister. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, we had a, a seven-year long-distance relationship after that. Uh, this is going to surprise you all, but there was a day there wasn't the internet. Um, so this was actually before Al Gore invented the internet. And um, so we, we have boxes of letters and those kind of things. Uh, I remember when uh, we could finally email, that was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but I, I'll say, you know, I wouldn't recommend a seven year long distance relationship on everybody. There were, it was its challenges, but that's what God had for us. But the thing through it all, we were like, God's our bond, you know? And so we had that as kind of our mission through it all. And, and even in us getting married and now with three kids and it's been 22 years now. Yeah, so um, a marriage, seven year relationship before that. Uh, but it's, you know, just be faithful what's in your hands to do. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, I was, like I said, born and bred in the church and you'd see people come up and they're called to the fivefold ministry. Let's give them all a hand. And that's important. We need good pastors, good ministers, but the best thing you can do is the highest calling is obedience. So do what God's called you to do. Do it with all your heart. Do it with excellence. Be faithful in that, that circle that God's placed you in and God will expand it as you're faithful. What can you tell young people about the things that they need to be doing right now uh, to make a difference? Because we have some young people that will be a state representative, a congressman. Uh, um, they're going to be elected leaders in the local level. They're going to be running for office. Um, they want to be like you one day. So what do you tell young people That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> that want to make a difference in our country and want to get to where you are? What advice do you have for them? 
Um, kind of key to what I've been saying is understand the difference between prominence and significance. Um, and, and if you would think back even 20 years ago, some of you might be able to name who won the Super Bowl. Uh, but if you would think back to the people who've made a difference in your life, you could each name very specific things. And so these positions, and especially in our culture today in the Instagram world and everything like that, we look to be prominent when God wants us to be significant um, and look for ways to make a difference. Uh, when I was a county chair, that was, uh, it was kind of a weird, it was just our simple slogan, just make a difference. Um, do what you can uh, and, and, and be faithful to it. Work hard. Scripture tells us study to show yourselves approved a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed. Um, it takes hard work. It takes time to develop yourself uh, and, and be faithful to those things. Good. That's a good word from Michael. And I would add, it's not about you. It's never been about me, never been about Michael. Um, it's not about you. Learn that. It's about him. It's about, it's about staying focused. Get in the word. Stay in the word. Steep yourself in the word. What did Jesus say? Blessed are you when men utter all manner of evil and revile you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. I'll tell you as a Christian in, in Congress, in case you can't tell, boy, they come after us big time, big time. Have thick skin, stay focused, stay on your knees, work like it's all up to you, pray like it's all up to God. Don't ever get dissuaded. The most often repeated command in the Bible, do you know what it is? Fear. Fear not. You got it. Absolutely. Don't be concerned when people, you know, one day I came home and I was telling them, I go, God, they're saying, I met a gal in the grocery store and she said such bad things about what, what, what I did the other day. And Brenda goes, don't worry about it. She's just repeating what everybody else is saying. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Little joke there. But don't, don't let it get to you because I've read the book. We win in the end. Have y'all read the back, you, back of the book? You bet. You betcha, you betcha. One, fi one final caveat. You're gonna hear from the left and the liberals and those who wanna turn this country into, and how many of those want this country to be socialism? No, no. You're gonna hear from them. Listen, when you get ready to run for city council, like you talked about Christian, or school board, and some of y'all will, there may be some school board members and city council members here now. You're going to hear the socialists and the liberals and the communists and most of the Democrats say, well, listen, that really is a nonpartisan uh, position. So you don't worry about if it's Republican or if it's Democrat. That's wrong. They are busy. I've watched this for a long time trying to get Democrats, socialistic minded Democrats on the school boards, on city councils, because they will move up to county commissioner, to state rep. I was in the state legislature for four years before I got demoted to Congress. And, and uh, they know that those people who move up that line become members of Congress and they will vote on national policy. Don't be dissuaded. Don't be discouraged. Don't be fooled. Roll up your sleeves, go to work because our God is an awesome God. This country is worth saving and we are depending on y'all. If I, if I could add something to that, because he said something that's so important. 
Uh, Randy said something that's so important, and you've got to realize that there is an all-out attack and assault to own you. Uh, to own your mind, to own your ideology. When you get Charlie, to, Charlie Kirk said that. Uh, yeah, when you get to college, you're going to get inv invitations to credit cards galore. They want to own your finances. They, they want to have you bound. Uh, and so you have got to prepare yourself now and to put the stuff in. And a lot of times when we're thinking about where should I go or what my career should be, we're thinking on the external a lot of times. And we do have to do things. We have to put the resumes out there. We have to show up. Decisions are made by people that show up. But God cares more about where your heart is than where your body is. Uh, and, and, and so you've got to prepare yourself. Uh, I think it was Lincoln said, I will study, I will prepare, my opportunity will come. Study, prepare, put the stuff in, sharpen your mind, read, read. Uh, I, I heard someone the other day said, uh, America is functionally illiterate. And it's not that we don't, we can all read by and large the vast, almost 100% literacy rate, but we don't read anything of significance. We don't read anything that actually makes us smarter. We read the headline, we read the tweet, we do those things. So study, study, <laughs> sharpen your mind, Make sure your heart's in the right place. Uh, study theology because it should inform your public policy. Uh, all, all these kind of things. It should you develop, intentionally develop a worldview. As you're preparing and you're learning to be engaged and you're volunteering and you're knocking on doors, making phone calls, putting out signs, doing all those kind of things, also be sharpening yourself for that day when it's your turn. And if I may add one more thing, Charlie. And it's Kirk, your turn now in a lot of ways. It, that's right. <laughs> Charlie Kirk said this, if you think back with what he was when he was talking. Surround yourself with how many people? You got it, five people. Like-minded, those who will build you up, those who love the Lord Jesus Christ, those who will make a positive influence in your life. Never be ashamed and never look back. And if I could add something there, um, if, if, if you have friends that are gossiping about other people and talking smack about other people, chances are they're doing the same thing about you behind your back. So it's important that you use discernment on who you surround yourself with. Don't surround yourself with people that don't really want to see you advance and, and, and reach God's destiny for your life or purpose. Uh, surround yourself with people that will push you closer to God and push you closer to his purpose for your lives and, and that want to see God's best for you. And that includes your spouse, your wife, husband, or whatever, but that also your friends. If you can die with five close friends, that is a successful life. More than money or anything else, that's a successful life. So um, we've got to do everything that we can to, to find the right people to surround ourselves with. Well, I want to give them the parting word. Um, anything maybe in the, in the next you know, 30 seconds to a minute that you can tell young people to go out and do to make a difference. Yeah, a lot of times recently I've been asked, you know, do we have hope as a nation? And I, I really began to think about that and meditate on that scripture. And how many of you heard that scripture that says, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope in the future? That came across in a season where the Israelites were going into captivity. They were going into the Babylon. And if you read that chapter in the next chapter, it says we're going to, you know, go ahead and build cities, work for the peace of your city, marry your kids, build businesses, do all those kind of things. One day I'm going to bring you back to your land and everything will be restored. And so I began to look and see 
what happened between the promise and the fulfillment of that? And that's where we get these neat stories like when they pass along and said, you can't pray anymore. Daniel said, I'm going to pray anyway, even if it means the lion's den. They built a statue and said, everybody in society must bow down or face death. And then you had three young people who stood up and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, we don't care if we go to a fiery furnace, we are going to stand anyway. And then <laughs> we talked about this yesterday with Miss Kaylee. Uh, uh, Esther was there. It, during that season. I charted it out. I looked at BC, what year all this stuff happened. Uh, and then you have Esther, who her people were condemned to death. The, her entire people was condemned to death, but she believed she was called for such a time as this. And in one day, everything turned around. And instead of being condemned to death, they were completely restored and took a great advantage. Um, and so that's the season we're in in our nation, where we need young people to stand up and to be bold and to have the courage. And you're going to take some slings and arrows. But if we do that, we I believe that you will see an amazing blessing on your life, but we will also see this nation restored. Michael's exactly correct. You all know that. You're here in Mims Church. This is a great church. And give Christian Collins a hand for putting this together. <clears throat> so here's my question going forward. You're here today. Obviously, you care. Michael said this. The world is run by those who show up. Okay? You know that. You're here to make a difference. You have friends you're going to have another one of these events down in McAllen coming up. Uh, what month is that? In the fall. I asked my grandfather, you know, when he was born, he told me uh, in the fall, I think, you know. <laughs> so I get that. Uh, but sometime in the fall, there will be another event like this. Are you telling your friends about these kinds of events? And are you bringing them with you? Are you offering to go pick them up? You don't have to preach a sermon to them, tell them that we're in the process of saving our country, although you are, although you are. But be, be engaged. Don't lose heart if they tell you no. You know, sometimes it takes three weeks to get a call back. I'm just saying. <laughs> so some of y'all will catch that later. Um, but it's worth it. Work hard. Be diligent. Stay focused. It is worth it. Our God is worth honoring, our country is worth saving. Do your due diligence, stay focused, stay on track. I look out here and I'm, and Michael, I know you're, we're given such great hope and confidence in what we see. Carry that banner loud, high, proud. Bring others with you. The country depends on you all. God bless you all. Let's give it up for them one more time.